You are listening to the audio ministry for More Nations Church, Cardiff. Thank you very much. Please take your seats. Um, it's good to be uh, here today. Hello. It's good to be here today. Um, and it is your privilege that I'm here. <laughs> I just said I would use one of Kerry's. Um, um, it's, we're so grateful to be here today. We, uh, we traveled from Oldham yesterday. Myself and Mahongo, my wife, who I'm going to ask to come in a minute or two just to share something that God has placed on our heart. Uh, and we're in Oldham, uh, the place where God lives. And this rule extends from there to all the other parts of the world. And uh, um, so we're really privileged um, in the work that we're doing there. We started, a, uh, we planted a church out in 2008. We're 45 adults and children. And now we've seen that just about 150 on a Sunday morning. And, and so we're grateful to God for the, uh, for the growth that is given to us. We are anxious for more. Uh, but we thank God for what he's doing so far. Amen. Uh, when we were coming down yesterday, I got a text from a friend of ours, and they say to us, they've been praying for us as we're coming here, and they believe that we had the word that was going to release breakthrough for people here today. Um, unknown to them, I've been praying in the week and asking God to, um, to, to, for breakthroughs for people. Amen. Amen. Are you excited about this? Um, I am excited about it. Um, it's a wonderful thing to have a breakthrough. So we, we're going to believe God for breakthroughs in health, for breakthroughs in family, in businesses, in finance, in, in you know, if you've got a, a, an aspiration for ministry and direction, we're going to believe God for breakthrough for that as well. Amen. The room, the place where we are, is pregnant with every good thing. Um, my responsibility this morning is to share with you on a subject, appreciating and understanding the body. And uh, uh, I don't know about you, but sometimes when you get given a subject like that, you think, why the body? You know, why not God? You know, appreciating and understanding God, that sounds like a lot more spiritual. You, you know what I mean? I mean, God is all-powerful, He's all-wise, He knows all things, He can do all things, nothing is impossible for Him. Understanding and appreciating Him surely should be the thing that we should be talking about. Don't you feel like that? But, but the subject we have today is un- appreciating and understanding uh, the body. And you might ask yourself, is it worth our time? Is it worth considering such a subject? Shouldn't we really be focusing on the work of the Holy Spirit or even perhaps miracles, signs, and wonders. I want to show you a scripture that might change your mind. Go to First Corinthians. Are you okay? First Corinthians, chapter eleven. And I'll start reading from verse twenty-three. Uh, in a good Oldham All Nations Church tradition, if you find it, please say, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you. I start reading from verse 23. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you, the Lord Jesus, 
on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. A man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep. But if we judged ourselves, we would not come under judgment. When we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be condemned with the world. Has that changed your opinion yet? Well, according to this verse, if you, if you haven't considered the body properly, um, you could get sick. And Paul uses a very uh, Christian term to describe what he's talking about. He says asleep, but it really means that you could die. Has, has that still not changed your opinion about the body yet? <laughs> I mean, this thing could kill you. <laughs> and it's not God. <laughs> you know, he's, he's talking about the body. and It could kill you. Or it could cause disease. Which means, if you considered it and used it appropriately, it could do the reverse of what it, what it could do if you didn't consider it properly. Are you with me? So clearly, we need to give some attention to, uh, to, to what the body is. And it, say, it uses two phrases there. Actually, when I was growing up, this, uh, I became a Christian when I was about 11 or 12. And when I was growing up, uh, this stopped me from having from taking you know, bread and wine quite a few times. Because I read and it says, if you, if you come in an unworthy manner, and if you don't recognize the body, then you could eat these dangerous things on yourself. <laughs> and then I thought, I don't want to die. <laughs> I don't want to get sick. Please, I'm not going to take part at all. And, and to be honest, I didn't fully understand even what it meant to recognize the body or what, what it is for us to, to eat the bread in an unworthy manner. I didn't know. Well, the thing that they told me was basically that it, it was that I ate with sin. If I came with unconfessed sin, then I, I had, you know, this was going to happen to me. Um, and uh, in the church where I was <laughs> at that time, it was that church where we were told we were worms, generally speaking, you know. We're, we're, we're sinners saved by grace, but you're really a sinner still. You're a worm, you're nothing. And uh, I would argue with the guys. i say, guys, even in evolution, I'm no longer a worm, if, you know. <laughs> Are you, are you with me? In evolutionary terms, I've moved... You know, I don't believe in evolution at all. <laughs> but in evolution, I'm, I'm clearly not, no longer a worm. So I couldn't be a worm in Christ, could I? Yeah. But they, they, they gave you this thing that, you know, if you raise your hand and you're praising God, they'll come to you and say, Are you sure, brother, those hands are holy? And you... <laughs> you know, he just, he just became, oh, I'm not, I'm not sure that they're holy. And so what, it, what this became, what this verse became, was a verse to stop me from coming to the table. Are you with me? But, and, and I, I do want to say, please deal with any sin that you, you recognize is, is in your life right now, and just deal with it. Always don't live with unconfessed sin before God. Keep, keep short accounts with God. Amen. But this verse surely has to be more than that. 
I think that it has to be more than that. It has to be more than just the fact that uh, I come with unconfessing. So I want to suggest a couple of ways in which we're going to approach this. Um, and then we'll break bread at some point together and release the breakthrough that God Amen. has already filled this atmosphere with. Amen. Um, so the first thing I want to say is we need to understand, to, to, to treat the body in a worthy manner is to understand what the body is and to understand what the body is made to do. You with me? What the body is and what it's meant to do. Um, and, then, and then the second thing I want to talk about then is how to engage with this capacity of the body. Uh, I heard a story of an African country somewhere where... Uh, uh, the, that country had just become independent from the British. <laughs> uh, does that include Wales? Yes, it does. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but they just become independent from the British. And, and part of what the guys inherited was obviously the, the facilities that they had. And uh, this minister was given a Mercedes-Benz car. And it had a tow bar on it. And because he had a farmland, he thought that he could take the Mercedes-Benz and hook a plow on it and plow his farm with it. I don't know if he did, and I don't know how long that make lasted. Are you with me? Yeah. But what he did, he was treating that Mercedes-Benz in an un... Come and talk to me. In an un... Worthy manner. He did not recognize what it's there for, what it's meant to do. You put that thing on an autobahn. <laughs> you with me? Uh, you know, where there's no speed limit. And it can show you what it's meant to do. But not in a farm. So, so we need to understand what is the body for and what is it meant to do. Amen. And then what we want to do after that is, of course, how to engage with, what, with that capacity that the body has. Hallelujah. Amen. When we talk about the body of Christ, uh, Jesus does have, even now, a physical body in heaven. A body that was pierced and, and broken, and it has marks of, uh, of, the, of the nails that went in his hands and in his feet. It has that. But more than that, Jesus has a body on earth. Amen. And anyone who gave his life to Jesus at any point who believed in him has come into the body of Christ. And so we find there are two great races in our world today. One is that race of Adam fallen Adam, and the other one is the body of Christ. Okay? Now, I don't want to take any time talking about the fallen Adam because that's not my premise today. Uh, I want to take some time and talk about the body of Christ. Now, when you talk about the, the body of Christ, Jesus actually picks up where Adam fell. You with me? Jesus picks up from there and shows us what humanity should have been had that problem never occurred. Are you with me? And so there are actually certain things in, in pre for Adam that are similar to how Jesus lives. Does that make sense to you? Is my northern accent coming across okay to you? <laughs> so there are things that you find in Adam uh, before he fell that are actually carried on and taken up by Jesus uh, when he came and lived on earth. And I want to suggest just three things there. There are too many things to consider, but just three things, uh, and I'll, I think they'll make the point for this morning. Number one, I, I believe Adam functioned by revelation. By revelation. Why do I think that? Well, 
I mean, God brought the animals to him, the Bible says, to name them. He had no encyclopedia. He had no Blackberry. He had no iPhone. He had no iPad. He had no MacBook. He had nothing. Where did he get, where did he get the names from? You with me? How did he know to name this, that? You with me? I have a friend, uh, he, his parents had 11 boys um, and one girl because they were trying for a girl. Um, so they kept trying <laughs> until they got a girl. And so there were 12 of them, you know, including the, the, the girl. But one, one of the stories he kept telling me was, it was really funny for me, but he said that they would sit around the, par- the dad and sometimes the dad would, would, uh, uh, would say, um, uh, um, Jack, uh, Jack, Jack, John, James, James John. He, he would actually literally forget his own children's names. Because there were 11 of them, and some of them were only a year apart. So they looked quite, quite similar. You with me? I mean, are you with me? You're talking about 11 children only. And he was getting confused. And even here in the church, if I ask you, do you know the names of everyone around you? Many of you would say, um, uh, I'm supposed to. <laughs> I'm supposed to know that, you know, but, but you actually don't. And there's only, there's only so many of us. But Adam had to name hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of animals operating by revelation. And Jesus, we see Jesus coming and operating by revelation too. He said he only did what his father did. He did what his father did. Whatever he was doing, he was functioning by what God was speaking to him. That's why he was excited when Peter nailed it that time. You know, Peter made many mistakes. But this time he nailed it. Do you remember that time? He said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And I, I think Jesus said, yes, Peter. You've got it. And on revelation, I will build my church. Amen. So the, 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 the body of Christ functions by... Say it with me again. Revelation. Okay. The second thing is that uh, the, the body of Christ functioned by the, should function really by the power of thought. Hello? Power of thinking. <laughs> Let's go back to Adam. Now, according to theologians and, and Dr. Aubrey, my doctor is here, so he can... You know, you can check this out for me if, if I'm wrong. I don't, but according to some theologians, they, they think that Eden, the Garden of Eden, would have been probably 3,000 square, square miles. 3,000 square miles. It's a big piece of land. It's not exactly like the allotment, is it? <laughs> or the back garden at home. You know, it's not, it's not actually like that. It's 3,000 square miles. It's a big plot of land. And God said to Adam, hey, I want you to tend it. <laughs> 3,000 square miles? Where am I going to start from? And then he didn't have a Mercedes Benz. <laughs> he didn't have any car. He didn't have a tractor. Nothing. So how did he move around the garden? I think he moved by the power of thought. I mean like this. Like he would, he would think, he would stand like this and think to himself, I need to be there. Are you with me? 
I, I, come on, just follow me, okay? <laughs> I believe he would stand on it, he would stand like this, and he would say to himself, I need to be there. And, and he would. And he would. And we see that in Jesus. Okay, you <laughs> Okay, let me read some Bible. <laughs> uh, John chapter 6. You want to go to John chapter 6? Come on, give me a good year here when you get there. Okay. I'm going to read just one verse, verse 24. This is, um, the, this Jesus comes walking on the water. That's number one. That's power of thought. He just thought, I need to go there, and he started walking. You with me? So he, he could do things that were not, he didn't have to do the physical work to get them done. He could do just power of thought. Okay, verse 24 gives us an insight in this. Once the crowd realized uh, that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, uh, sorry, no, um, let me backtrack on that. Uh, verse 21. Then they were willing to take him into the boat. So he came into the boat. And then what did he say? How long? So he got into the boat and the boat did what? It arrived. (laughs) Did you see that? He literally jumped, got into the boat and the boat arrived at the place. Literally, that's what he says. I'm not making it up, no. <laughs> you see it in Philip as well, don't you? Yes. Philip goes and, and meets the, the Ethiopian eunuch, and, and, then, and then the Bible says, he, the, the Spirit took him. And then it says, he appeared at Azotus. <laughs> How cool is that? I, I did wish that when we were driving here yesterday, something like that would have happened. <laughs> <laughs> but we are, actually, the body of Christ is meant to function at the power of thought. Are you with me? We are meant to, to function at the power of thought, to, to create with our capacity of thinking. <laughs> I heard a story, I, I think it's... I, I don't know if it was the last time when I was here, but I heard a story of a guy who God told to go to India. You ever heard that story before? I think, I think he went into the, the airport and, and uh, he didn't have money to buy the ticket. And then he went into the toilet. I think he prayed to God. And as he opened the door, he was. <laughs> Are you with me? As he opened the door, he was in India. I mean, this is real life. This is like five years ago, something like that. True story. That is actually how the body of Christ is meant to function. You with me? One more thing. We've said two, th- two things. Revelation and power of thought. And the last one is the power of words. The power of words. The body of Christ is meant to function in the power of words. And Tony will tell you this better than I, but he says, when the giraffe came to Adam and Adam said, you are a giraffe, the giraffe would say to him, thank you. Now I can go giraffing. Because <laughs> now 
The giraffe knew the purpose because to give a name to something isn't just to put a tag for calling it. It's to put a, a, a purpose and a reason for existence for that thing. Amen. So when Adam was giving a name, hippopotamus and, and uh, whatever, you know, he, whatever lizard he called it, the lizard became that thing that he called it. Amen. It's called the power of words. A long time ago, I went to visit my grandmother where she lived back in Zambia in the rural area there. And uh, she was very excited to see me. And she said to me, Ezekiel, I want you to catch this, this chicken for me. Because I'm going to cook it for you. <laughs> see, this time I knew I was having chicken, not horse. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to say that. I didn't say that. <laughs> But she told me, I wanted to catch this chicken. And, and then in my youth and excitement, I started to chase after the chicken. And um, the chicken ran faster than me. It went in smaller spaces than me, than I could get through. And I ran around, I ran around, and I was frustrated. So I came back to her. I said, have you caught it? I said, no, I haven't. And then she said, okay. So she took some sorghum, some uh, like maize thing, or, you know, and she, she took it out and went into the yard and started saying, keep, 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 and throwing the, the, the sorghum around. And lo and behold, all the chickens of the village, <laughs> all the chickens of the village came right into her, into her feet, literally. And even the one chicken I was chasing for her to cut, for me to catch it for, her to cook it for me, it also came there. And this old lady reached down and grabbed it. And I had spent a few hours, a few minutes, you know, some time running around, panting. Now what she had is, is what I'm calling the power of, of, of words. An example of that. Uh, let me illustrate. Um, uh, Noah does this as well. He, uh, how did he call the animals? How did he say to the animals, I want you to come two by two. And those that were edible, I think it was seven he took or something like that. How did he do that? How did the animals come to him? Because he had the power of words. When he spoke, the, 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 everything listened to him. Are you with me? Everything literally said, yes, I will obey that. And when Jesus comes, he does exactly like that. So when he gets to a fig tree... And he says to the fig tree, no one will ever eat of you again. What happens to the fig tree? It withers within 24 hours. It just doesn't die. It withers within 24 hours. He's got the power of words. And when the disciples are frustrated and they are, they are tired, they're trying to get the water out of the boat, and they wake him up and they say, they accuse him of not caring for them and making sure, wanting for them to perish. Remember that story? He gets up and says, peace be still. And everything just comes down. That, that is what the body of Christ is meant to function as. We're meant to function by revelation. We're meant to function by power of thought. And we're meant to function by power of words. And when Paul says, I want you to recognize the body, I want you to eat of the body in a worthy manner and to recognize it for what it is, he's saying this. You need to think correctly about what the body is able to do. And if you don't think correctly about it, that could cause you some damage. Because then you can't tap, 
Are you with me? You can't connect into what the body is able to do for you because you've underestimated what the body is able to do. I want from today for you to know you must never have anybody convince you to go to a meeting again. Okay, let me, let me talk to these guys. <laughs> I, I want from today for you never to need to be convinced to go to a meeting again. You need to run to go to a meeting. Are you with me? You need to be asking for midweek meetings. Where can I go and meet some other Christians? Because of the power that's in the body of Christ. Amen. I mean, we talk a lot about the power of God. But we need to think about what the power of God is working in us. <laughs> One time I was praying and I was really praying hard. And, uh, and I said, Jesus, I want people to know you. Jesus, I want people to be... Jesus, Jesus. And he said to me, yes, I do want them to know me. But until they know you, they're not going to know me. You need, to, you need to realize that I am in you. Are you with me? I'm not just out there. I'm in you. And I've put everything I have. The power, the glory, the honor, the wealth, the riches. I have put everything inside of you. My glory is in you. And I want you to recognize that. You know... It's, it's a marvel to me that somehow God has so entrusted his purpose and plans to us that we could even probably frustrate him. I don't understand that. It's, it's like, I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you. And it's, 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 it's that realization of who we are in Christ. Maybe I should come to the Easter conference. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's recognizing that. That changes things for us. And when we meet together and break bread together, we need to think rightly about the body uh, of Christ. This is what the body is. And this is an aspect of what the body can do. Amen. Amen. Now, I want to give you a clue on how to co connect. But maybe let, before I do that, let me give you another scripture. Go to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews 12. Thank you. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 12. And I'll read verse from the verse 22. But you, and please, say, say, just say with me, that means me. Say it again. Now say it like you mean it. Okay? It says, but you have come to Mount Zion... To the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God, you have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all men, to the spirits of righteous men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Now, this is what you have come to. Amen. So you, when you became a Christian, you, you came, you, you were translated from the kingdom of darkness. Push! You came into the kingdom of light. And one of the things that you came into is this heavenly uh, Jerusalem, Mount Zion. Okay, it's not the physical place, it's the, it's the body of Christ. Are you with me? But look at what else you've come to in there. 
you have come to how many angels? Innumerable. Or thousands upon? Thousands. So angels, listen to me please. Sometimes we think angels are in heaven waiting to come down. No. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> you know, they actually, we live in the realm of angels. Thousands and thousands of angels. Are you with me? And according to the NIV, they are happy. <laughs> it's a joyful assembly of angels. They're not, they're not frustrated with us. They are excited. Are you with me? They are jumping around. They are expecting things to deliver good things to us. They are full of stuff. You've come to thousands of angels in joyful assembly. To the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in, in, in heaven. And look at what he says. You've come to God, of course, to God. And the judge of all men, uh, uh, to the spirits of the righteous men made perfect. What does that mean? It means the righteous men who died and have been made perfect, those men, we have come into their company. So, when you got born again, you got born again into Christ and into God, that's true. But also, you are functioning in the same realm as Abraham. Are you with me? As Moses. Amen. As David. Amen. As Isaiah. Amen. And as Ezekiel. Amen. I just thought I would throw that one in. <laughs> well, he is a prophet in the Bible, so I can do that. Amen. And this is the company which we, you, when you are alone in your room at, at home, this is who you are with. When you get into the car and you're driving to work, this is who you are with. Amen. Thousands and thousands of angels. And David and Moses and Joshua, they are all with you. You are in that realm. You function in that realm. Now, what I want to do then is to do the second bit. So we talked about what the body is and given the three aspects of it. And now we want to, want to talk about what, how, to con, how to tap into that. It's a good thing to have a car. It's a better thing to know how to, <laughs> how to start and drive it. Okay. So what's the main thing about this? really simple. And one of the things I'm learning more and more about God is that his, uh, his wisdom and his power and his riches operates in really simple things. You, you keep doing the simple things every day. Amen. I mean, look at how you got saved. Simple things. You heard the word, you believed in your heart, and you confessed. And boom, you were changed. Amen. And even you look back and you think, man, I was changed. From a lifestyle that I couldn't control to a place where I had peace with God and self-control. So what's the, what's the key, key way of, of, of doing this? Number one, and the, last, and the only one really, I'm going to explain it, is stay connected. Stay connected. Say it with me. Stay connected. Say it again. Stay connected. Say it again, louder. Stay connected. The issue with, our, with church today, in the world today, is that we've, we've really become, uh, Christians have become as if they're, they're choosing uh, where they, there's buy one, get one free from. 
So I can choose to go to this church today, and if I don't like the worship, I can choose to go to that one, you know, and then I can have some the kind of music I like, and then I can go back to that one to go and hear the kind of preacher I like, and then because they do a nice tea and coffee after the meeting there, I can go and have the biscuits there. You know, it's, a bit, it's, it's like shopping around. But when you live like that, you are not understanding the worth of the body. Amen. You are not appreciating the worth of the body. You are not recognizing how the body is meant to function. And therefore, you will not be able to tap into the power that's resident in the body. Amen. So first, let me take it to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Hallelujah. I am. Thank you, Roger. There's, a, there's, a, there's something that's, uh, I don't know if you've ever read this scripture at all, but uh, it's one of those scriptures that is not easy to explain. Okay? I'll read from this one, just so you get the context. It, chapter, 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 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you, and of, of a kind that does not occur even among the pagans. So even the non-Christians will say that's gross. Okay? A man has his father's wife, and you are proud. You should, shouldn't you rather have, filled, have been filled with grief and put out of your fellowship the man who did this? Even though I am not physically present, I am with you in spirit. And I have already passed judgment on the one who did this, just as if I were present. When you are assembled in the name of our Lord Jesus, and I am with you in spirit, and the power of our Lord is present... Hand this man over to Satan so that the sinful nature may be destroyed and his spirit saved on the day of the Lord. I, have you ever read that scripture? Have you ever wondered what this is about? I mean, what is this? Pray for the guy to die? You know, what's this? Hand this man over to Satan? Can you do that as a Christian? What is this about? And I'm not going to explain it, so Roger will explain it to you next week. <laughs> <laughs> The point I want to make about this scripture is this. You know that angelic thousands of angels we talked about? You know David and Abraham, all those guys present? You know coming to the city of God, God himself there, Jesus himself there, and all this, this uh, volatile spiritual situation we described? You know how to connect with that? When you come together. That's what it says. Look at verse 4. When you are assembled, when you come together in the name of the Lord, Something happens. Are you with me? When you come together in the name of the Lord, something actually dynamic happens. And he says this, I am with you in spirit. Have you, can you figure that out? It's, it's a bit like this. Today we're here. Kerry is not here. Yeah? But it's, it's as if Kerry phones and says, when you meet on Sunday, I'm going to be with you in spirit. And he's actually there in spirit. Not, not that he's saying he's going to be, but he's not going to be there. You know, when I'm with you in spirit, meaning that um, I'm, I'm not there and I'm just going to be watching the game. No, actually, he's dynamically present. Are you with me? He's dynamically present. And it says that, uh, it says that the power of our Lord Jesus Christ is also present. So what happens when two people who are Christians come together there is a, immediately an, ex, an explosion of life. 
an explosion of charge, of power. Are you with me? Lightning flashes and, and, and thunder roars when two Christians collide and get together. That's what it's saying. How do you tap into this power of, of revelation, power of thought, power of the word? Well, number one, stay connected. How do you do that? Meet. Hello? It's not complicated. It's meet. Just meet together. Come together. Let me show you what, what I, why I think this is powerful. It's, it says, in verse 5, Hand this man over to Satan so that the sinful nature may be destroyed and his spirit saved on the day of the Lord. In other words, I, I told you Roger will explain this next week, okay? I'm not going to explain. But in other words, what he's telling us is that you can do certain spiritual transactions when you meet together that are difficult to explain in human language. Okay, you didn't get that. <laughs> okay, when you meet together, two Christians meeting together, the power of the Lord is? And you can do something that is difficult to explain in human language. You can deal, you can shape spiritual reality when you meet together. Hello? Some of the issues that you face today are simply because of neglecting meeting together. Some of the enemies that you are dealing with is simply because of neglecting meeting together. Are you with me? Yeah. It's just meet with other Christians. And there is something dynamic when you do that. <laughs> I know. This is simple. But it's the simple things that trap us. Can you do this consistently? Can you regularly meet with other Christians consistently? Come with knowledge that and when I meet with them, I'm going to meet with thousands of angels and with David and there's this high volatile spiritual dynamic that's released when we get together. Come with that. And you'll be amazed at what God's going to do. One more scripture. Acts chapter 2. And then we're going to pray. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 2. Verse 42. You wouldn't know this as well. Verse 42. I'll read to the end of the chapter. Are you still okay? Praise God. Acts chapter 2 verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Here's a dynamic church. It's a church that's growing dynamically. What we read, they didn't have a crusade. They're not door knocking. Maybe they did, but it doesn't tell us in the text. Are you with me? No door knocking. No street leafleting. But the church was growing. Two things that they did. Number one, they did the spiritual things 
and they did some human, real physical stuff. So the spiritual things they did, they met together, they prayed, they studied the word, the apostles' doctrine, they uh, fellowship, they broke bread, they did that. And as they did that, something was happening to them. Amen. At the same time, if someone had a fiver, they gave the guy who didn't have a fiver. If another one had a tenner, they shared with somebody who didn't have. And somehow, as they were passing the fivers and the tenors and, and taking off shoes, because I've got a, a spare sh- a pair of shoes at home, same size as yours, you can take my pair and give it to you. As they were doing that, they weren't just meeting physical need. Are you with me? Yes. Something dynamic was happening. I, how, can you see that? Yes. Something dynamic was happening. And look what happened to the church. Uh, look at this, this 40, 43. Everyone was filled with what? Or what's the other word for all? Come on, talk to me. Fear. So the first thing that we see is the church living in this connected way. The first thing that we see is the community is actually afraid of them. Isn't it about time? Come on. Isn't it about time that the community in which we live in this country begins to recognize who the church is? Isn't it about time they gave us some respect? Not, not, not because we're just asking for respect, but because of who we are. Because of the dynamic power that's in, resident in us. And how God has gifted us to be able to bless the nations of the world. It's about time. But you know how it happens? Stay connected. Say it again. Stay connected. Stay connected, baby. Where's, uh, where's Terrence today? <laughs> Stay connected, baby. Just stay connected. Whatever you do, just stay connected. If you've got a spare jacket, share the jacket. If you've got a spare loaf, share the loaf. If you've got a a spare something of milk, give, give it away. And when you do that, something is being passed on with that. Are you with me? Okay, let's go back to the text. Look at chapter, verse 44. Well, actually it's 43 still. And many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. Now we thought, I mean, sometimes you can think, unless we fast and pray for a long time, we can never move in mighty signs and wonders. But these guys, the thing that the the church that was characterized by is that they regularly met, broke bread, prayed together, shared what they had in common, and the release of power came into the church. Ah, isn't that, isn't that good? I prefer that than fasting. (laughs) I do, I do. I tell you that I do. Look again. uh, And then, of course, verse 47. We see there, the favor of all the people. Enjoying the favor of all the people. Enjoying the favor of how many people? All the people. And the Lord added to their number daily. Daily, those who were being saved. What did they do? They stayed. That, my friends, is recognizing the body. When we break bread today, you need to think, this, this what I'm participating in, is, is, is pregnant with power for me. 
Are you with me? It's able to do things for me that I cannot be able to do on my own. When I meet with somebody that's next to me like this, there's a dynamic power that's available between us that we can shape landscapes. Here's, a, here's the deal. I think the... the, the I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't think this is in any translation at all. But I think sometimes we read the, the passage that James wrote like this. If anyone is sick and among you, let him call. No, that's not how we read it. I think that's correct. But I think we, call, we say, call 911. But why does it say call the elders? Do you think it's because at that time they didn't have an emergency, emergency system? No. It's because I recognize the power that's resident when I can have two Christians with me. Are you with me? So if you found me sick and dying, oh, please take me to the hospital. But if you, while you do that, please call another two Christians. Hello? Let them come and surround my bed and stay there and pray with me. Amen. Because as they come, they're not coming with scalpel and, and blade. They're coming with a host of angels. Amen. They're coming with a host of angels to my bed to bring life and release and health and heal, heal me dynamically by the Spirit. If you're going to be uh, heading for divorce or a divorce court, before you get to the divorce court, stop and find some fellowship. <laughs> Amen. It doesn't matter how bad you think your marriage is. It doesn't matter how bad you think things have gone. You may have been separated for several months. If you will stop and get some people together and say, look, we have some stuff here. Can you come and agree with us? That thing will be broken in the name of the Lord. Because there's there's angels. There's thousands of angels that come with you. The power of God is resident in that situation. Amen. Amen. This is how we're going to break bread this morning. (laughs) This is how we're going to break bread this morning. We're going to break bread knowing that as we do this, something is, uh, is being released of the life of God. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I love what Mahongo shared. Every time I see enemies around, every time I see enemies around, I look for a table. Amen. I look for a table. Because the Bible says he prepares a? In the? Of? Enemies. So when you see enemies, when you see things aren't going well around, just look around. There's a table somewhere where you can sit and feast. Amen. And when you sit down and feast in this table, the enemy is confounded. The enemy is broken. And the dynamic power of the life of God flows to you. Today, I want to say this. My sharing with you today marks a line. It marks a line. And, and you can live on this side of the line. Where for you, you know, I get, I, I, I lead the church in all of them, so I know about this. You know, people uh, are very tired. Uh, they've got problems. 
They've got work. Students have got essays to write. They've got to study for exams. So this is on this side. And therefore, they can't make the meeting. <laughs> they can't come to meeting because they're busy. They can't come to meeting because there's this thing. They can't do this because there's that thing. They can't do this because... You can live on this side. Or you can make a choice and move over to the other side and say, you know, for me, <laughs> if, if you have an exam and you're going to study and the meeting, midweek meeting is two hours, it's not going to rob you of your study time. It's not. I've studied too. <laughs> Are you with me? But there's something that you're going to come into that realm that is, that's going to change your whole outlook to even your essay. God can dynamically give you solutions for what you're going to need to do. God can multiply your time. God can multiply your intellect. God can multiply your finance. God can multiply everything that you give to Him. But you've got to live on the other side. Where you say, I recognize the value of the body. And from today, I'm never going to underestimate what you can do. Amen. So we're going to break bread now. I don't know what time we finish. I think we're supposed to finish at 12 o'clock. But you can break bread. Just um, uh, I guess what we'll do, let's just stand. I'm going to pray. Um, let me just do a couple of things. Um, if you're married uh, and your spouse is here, can you just find them? Can you find them? Oh, okay. And I just want to hold you. Take a hand. And we're just going to pray over marriages. Amen. Father, as we come to the table today, we recognize the power that's resident in the body, in us. Thank you that as we meet today, we meet with angels, we meet with you, we meet, Lord, with men of God that have gone on in the past, and we know that we'll meet in a spiritually dynamic atmosphere. And so we speak over every marriage. We speak the life of God. We speak the health of God. We say marriages in this church are going to reflect Christ and his bride. Lord, we say no marriage is going to suffer difficulty or damage. We secure every marriage in this church. And we pronounce the blessing of God over the marriages here. We say they will be prosperous and successful in what they do. That, Lord, they're going to find that many other people come to them and ask, how can we live like you live? We, we declare that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Uh, I'm going to pray for people in business. I just want to pray. I just want to do this and then we'll break bread together. And then we can just pray in groups after that. Amen. If there's some people that are in business, we just raise your hand. Or you want to be in business. Father, thank you that silver and gold is yours. Thank you that you own a cattle on a thousand hills. And so, Lord, we pray um, for a supernatural uh, breakthrough 
in this time when the economy seems to be struggling, where people seem uh, to be confused whether we are doing better in our economy or not, let them find men and women in the church whose businesses are thriving because the blessing of God is on them. And so we pray for new ideas. We pray for new contacts. We pray for new clients. We pray for new products. We say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, these businesses will succeed to the glory of God. Amen. Amen. Father, I pray for anyone here today that is looking to get married. I release good marriages. I release good marriages. I release good partners. Partners that are lost in you. That, Lord, when they connect together, the dynamic of the life of God will be present in those marriages. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Father, we declare that this church is going to see multiplication. Father, we say we're going to see ourselves double. Father, we say we're going to see this church win souls to Christ like never before. Father, we say we're going to see this church move in the dynamic of the Holy Spirit. Father, we say we're going to see miracles, signs, and wonders on every street corner in the name of Jesus. We release that because we are the body of Christ. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We say it will be done. It will be done because you said where two or three are gathered in your name, there you are in the midst of them. And there's more than two or three here. Hallelujah. 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 Father, we pray for men and women who feel called into ministry. Lord, we release them. We say let them go into it. Let them find what they're meant to do. Let them find what they're meant to do. And let them find success in that. Success in that. Let them see people saved, see people healed, see churches planted in the name of Jesus. We declare it over this congregation in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, one more thing we want to say today. This nation will know the true glory of the church of Jesus Christ. This nation will know the true glory of the church of Jesus Christ. Men and women will come and ask for answers and solutions from us. Men and women will come and bow down when they have exhausted their systems, the systems that are meant to function without God. They will come and bow down because we have the revelation of God in us. The church is going to be the church that Jesus died for. It will be exactly the same size, commensurate to the size of his head, in who he is, in his stature, so will the body be. And today we agree and break bread together. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you died. Thank you that you were willing to lay down your life. Thank you that your body was broken. And because your body was broken, our bodies can be healed. Hallelujah. Because your blood was shed, our sins are forgiven. And as we break bread, we release that life over ourselves. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
You've been listening to a message from All Nations Church Cardiff. To download other messages, subscribe to our podcast, or find out more about us, log on to www.allnationschurch.org.uk. Thank you.